Good evening. What is your highlight of the week? Thank you for joining us again tonight. This is MIT podcast. MIT stands for Mindset into Transformation. I am Benjamin Huang, your host tonight. Here we have conversation with people who have done extraordinary thing in their life. We discuss the story of success and the mindset drive them into achieving the impossible. I have all read. I have always wondered the difference in mindset of an engineer to real estate investor. Although math or number is a common theme, playing by the books is not.、Uh, it's usually a noticeable gap. Gap. Today we're very excited to invite an amazing investor holding a engineering degree or commercial.、Uh, I mean,、uh, c- computer science degree. He's Penchun. Penchun is the co-founder and principal of Maso Capital. Penchun has a master in inform- informations networking in computer science、uh, from one of the top university in the in the na- in the nation. Yes,、uh, bought and invest in property in the five different states, and also internationally. He's a he's great at finding value propositions and also have successfully built a portfolio that in, that is cash flow in double digit. He's the co-founder of multifamily mastermind、uh, NYC Group. Let's learn about multifamily real estate from his engineering lens. How are you doing, Pension? Thanks for coming to our show.、Uh, thank you for having me, Ben.、Uh, you know how are you doing? Good, good.、Um, <clears throat> so there, there, there are a lot of、um, topic that that we want to dive in today,、um, especially considering your your success and the、uh, achievement that you have done in the space. That is amazing. Uh, before we dive dive into、uh, deeper, can you give us a brief、uh, high level background、uh, introduction of yourself? Sure,、um, more than happy to. So, I came to the U.S.、Uh, in two thousand three to get my master's degree. I was born and brought up in India, and、uh, you know, after getting my master's degree, the idea at that time was that I would. Go back to India to start something on my own after getting some work experience in this country. And in 2009, me and my wife we sold、uh, everything here、uh, except the bed, and we find out that you know we are expecting our firstborn、um, kid, you know our first first baby. So we decided to delay our plans. And then 2011, I decided to stay,、uh, you know. Make、uh, you know, stay in the U.S. for good, and that's when I started、uh, actually investing in in the U.S. I started reading a lot of books, including Rich Dad Poor Dad, and、uh, you know, Cash Flow Quadrant, and I'm sure a lot of people have heard of those books. And you know, I slowly started growing my portfolio into few different states. Bought my two investment properties before buying my own personal home, and then expanded into five different states. You know, I, one thing that really stuck with me from the book was that, you know, the cash flow quadrant. You know how、uh, in the book for the listeners that it's divided into four quadrants where you have E, S, B, and I. E and S is on the left side, and B and I is on the right side. E stands for employee, S stands for、uh, you know self-employed people, and B stands for business owners, and I stands for investors. So in the book he says, and which is very true, that on the left-hand side of this quadrant there are ninety percent of the people, and on the right-hand side there are ten percent of the people. But people on the right control ninety percent of the wealth, and they control the time of the people on the left, which are ninety percent. So 
you know, that made, that was something that really stuck with me. And I wanted to always move from the E quadrant where I was working full-time job as a computer science engineer in the fintech industry to the right-hand side. And, um, you know, so fast forward, I am on the right side now and uh, in the BNI quadrant. Uh, really in the I quadrant, not not B. Uh, so, uh, yeah, that's that's my journey here. Awesome, yeah. awesome. Well, you 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 quickly touch on a lot of challenges, uh, and you are saying the way that uh, it doesn't seems to be a challenge, but I bet you know the process wasn't easy, the journey wasn't you know as pleasant as you have stated, right? <clears throat> no, it um, wasn't. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean. Um, and uh, one of the book that you mentioned about, you know, cash, uh, cash flow quadrant, that is a that's a, a phenomenal books. Uh, if you're listening right now, if you haven't read the book, you have to go and read it because that's a that's an amazing book. Um, that that really also shift shift my mindset as well. Uh, in addition to rich dad poor dad, um, one thing you mentioned about you used to be in E quadrant. How quickly did you switch to I quadrant? So. I worked, uh, you know, for 14 years in the fintech industry before I moved into the B quadrant, and it wasn't easy. Actually, Robert Kiyosaki in his book mentions that the process of transforming into, uh, you know, a different quadrant is like, you know, caterpillar becoming a butterfly. The caterpillar goes, you know, walks on the ground, butterfly flies in the air. The transformation has to be radical in your mind. You have to truly believe in yourself. And, uh, and you know, and the transition is not easy. So, yeah, it took me 14 years, uh, really, to, to move into the other side. So, you move from B, uh, E to B and then B to I. No, not really E to B. I would say E to I directly, uh, you know. As per the definition in the book, B is business owner, and that is really people who have 500 or more employees. So, you know, we don't have that, you know, even though we are a small business owner, so I don't consider myself to be in the B quadrant yet. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, the team is basically assisting you be a great investor. Right. Yeah. So it's really the I quadrant. Yeah. With a small Perfect. 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 So, um, Let's dive into the first uh, topic um, that uh, we should we should touch on today because um, many of people who are listening right now they are probably in the same position that you were like, like you were in like fourteen years ago um, when you were in engineer when you were engineer or when you were in studying engineering in schools what was the thing that uh, switched your mindset? To say, okay, real estate is where I want to get in, or was just was it just the books that you read decided to all of a sudden the next day you decided to say, oh, I'm going going into real estate. No, it wasn't the overnight thing actually. So when I started investing uh, after reading these books and I bought these two homes uh, before buying my own house, uh, you know, I started seeing how amazing this is even though it is slow and steady but it was really really uh, good and uh, you know I expanded into five different states so I during this time 
I started liking this asset class so much that all of my time was spent reading about, learning about, doing things better and how to scale and how to grow. I was listening to podcasts. My commute one way was under like, uh, you know, one and a half hours, which is 90 minutes. Uh, I would listen to podcasts when I go to my kids' soccer game. I would listen to uh, the podcast. I would have this big headphones and, you know, not talk to any of the parents. Uh, I would just uh, listen to this and uh, these podcasts. And so slowly over time, all of these podcasts actually and the books that I was reading uh, made me uh, slowly transition into the business mindset. But I was loving this asset class so much. So I decided that, you know what, this is what I want to do full time. But at the same time, I don't want to buy these uh, smaller properties because it was taking way too much of my time. Um, and it was not really a quick way to scale. And uh, at the same time, so all of these things were happening in parallel. A lot of my friends, my family, they knew that what I was doing on the side. So they wanted to invest their capital uh, with, you know, with, with me and also my partner who I found at the, at the same place where I used to work. And uh, uh, so the right way, I mean, we never took any capital uh, until we knew how to do it legally. So that's how I got into syndication. And that's when, when I found out about syndications, that's when I decided that this is what I want to do full time. And the process of quitting my job wasn't easy either. That was, that's a whole separate story in itself. But yeah, you know, that's how I got into real estate. Wow. Well, I, uh, one thing I do want to touch on before we go too far is that what was it like for you before you have learned all that? Like, what what were you thinking about life, about career, about, you know, money even? Like, what was it like before you switch? Yeah, so before I switch, I wasn't really thinking a lot about money. I was thinking about my goals, really, like my, my why that why uh, I want to do this. So, you know, I was taking my, like I said before, like I was taking a train. I was in New York City. That's where I was working. And I would take a train from Long Island to New York City every day in the morning. And um, in the train, I would ask myself this question. Do I want to do this when I'm 50? The answer was no. Then my next question was, why am I doing it now? Uh, if I don't want to do it at 50. So the answer to that question was, I don't know. <laughs> Why am I doing it now? So I should quit today. Um, so really, that's what I used to think always. And obviously, money factor is very, very important. You know, in the tech world, if you, if anyone who's listening is from the tech world, you know how handsomely they pay. Uh, in the tech world and you know you you make high six-figure salary and you know all that uh, so the benefits uh, and the pay and all those were uh, very hard to leave uh, you know so that was always uh, the case as well but eventually I decided that uh, you know to part ways with all of that to start uh, something on my own uh, and it wasn't easy I had a coach to to help me quit my job. 
It it's certainly not easy for sure. I mean, it's me myself, I also in um, um, tech industry. So I I I completely with you. Um, so I, I I take it that you know um, uh, there's there there's no way that you will be able to write write quit your job right away when you your mindset is ready, right? You know you're going to do this, but it's going to take some time. What was the thing that that hold you with the with the W two? Was it was it the? Oh, I mean, of course, financially you would need money to live and whatnot. Um, but did you leverage W two to accumulate some sort of capital so it allow you to get into real estate easier? Um, yeah, that's exactly right. So I, the day I decided that this is what I want to do full time, uh, I actually made a goal that I would quit in two years time frame and by the time I quit I would have enough savings to get me through one and a half to two years even if I'm not making a lot of money or any money um, so that's what I did and at the same time I was setting up this business uh, on the side too so I was not like sitting idle um, I was still doing uh, things on the side Awesome, awesome. So one and a half year to two year saving was something that make you comfortable. Say, okay, if one day I'm going to like uh, in two years I'm going to quit, and in the next one and a half to two years when I'm going to make sure my business will take off. That's exactly right. And you know, there's a funny uh, one thing that was always bothering me was the health insurance side of things. So I actually hired a mindset coach to help me quit and. You know, I was discussing this with, with, with the coach and he said, how many kids do you have? I said, I have two kids. He said, are you going to take care of them? Uh, you know, no matter what happens, I'm, I was like, yeah, of course. Is that a trick question or what? Uh, so he's, yeah. like, uh, uh, he's like, okay, if you had three kids, would you take care of them too? Uh, like the third kid? Uh, I was like, of course I would, you know. Uh, so he's like, okay, then health insurance is your third kid. Take care of him as well. And and there you go. Take problem solved. <laughs> so, wow. yeah. It's, it's, it's amazing. And, you know, Pendra, I, I, I would, I would like love to, to connect with you even more. You know, even outside of this uh, interview, because we share a lot in comments. Like all the factors you talk about, I've been through it as well. So it's 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 amazing. Um, but um, to be respectful to your time, I want to get into the next uh, uh, sessions because um, um, really uh, I want to make sure that you know the, the 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 value you know coming out from our conversation can really help people who just got into real estate. So when we come back. We will talk about why multifamily, why this asset class, why uh, uh, pension love is so much, and how did he get started. All right, thank you for coming back. Um, we are going. We are talking about how an engineer become a real real estate investor and become such a successful real estate investor. Um, in this session, we want to dive in further into why multifamily, because. Uh, there's certainly a lot to do in real estate and and why multifamily is the thing to do and how did we get started so pension when you when you getting into real estate have you uh broadly look at many different asset class before you pick one or was multifamily just something that 
you just feel like, oh, it's it's my thing. No, so it was very natural progression from what I was doing before. Uh, so, you know, I had five properties in five different states, right? Smaller properties, single family, duplexes, triplexes. So I really knew how to manage these and rent them out and how the expenses looked and all that. So uh, multifamily seemed like a very natural progression. And also at the same time, it is one of the basic necessities of uh, any human life, right? Like living, uh, providing, like live, needing, needing a shelter. So it sounded like, um, it felt like a very good natural pro- progression. And you know that's how we picked multifamily. Awesome. Um, the other thing that you mentioned about scaling is that you decided to get into a much larger multifamily instead of smaller ones. Um, so apparently you own some smaller ones and then gradually work your way up. Or yes. did you did you just do smaller ones and then all of a sudden decide to do syndication and jump up? The second one. So I, I actually bought uh, properties, uh, you know, smaller properties and then once we knew about syndications and you know wanted to do it, so we jumped from uh, our first building was forty-four unit building, uh, which was in uh, uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, and that was our first one, uh, which was a two million dollar deal. And our second deal was five and a half million dollar deal, seventy-six unit. Third deal was a nineteen million dollar deal, uh, which was a two hundred 42 units uh and and you know that's how i think the next one was 132 units uh so so i mean apparently it's not not like what you have been hearing this easy right it's not like you just go and buy a 44 unit now it's 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 not that the first deal did you um syndicate were, or were you using your own money? That was our first, money did you... you know, that was our first syndicated deal, yeah, 44 unit. Before that, we were yes, trying sir. to buy a lot of deals, but, uh, you know, nothing was really panning out. Uh, you know, we were always, we always felt that we were chasing the market. Like if it was a 10 cap deal, we would think that, oh no, we should be getting it at 11 cap. You know, uh, it was very hard to, actually buy something because the market has been going up and up for last whatever x number of years so for us before we actually bought this 44 unit we were uh we looked at so many deals where we were so close to be under contract and we were under contract on a 76 unit deal or or a 78 unit deal um which we backed out of during the due diligence uh, and lost about like twelve thousand uh, dollars or so during the DD process. So, hmm. you know, it wasn't it wasn't uh, that we looked at forty four unit and we went for it. Before that deal actually happened, there were a lot of deals that actually did not happen, but we were very close on on making those happen. This is awesome, and if. People you're listening and you have not recognized this. Um, there's a key thing that Pension just said is that there's a lot of deal that did not happen before one deals happened, right? So there are a lot of action that was taken, and of course a lot, a whole lot of preparation that need to be done before you even make those 
thing, you know, like like you know that those those deal doesn't make sense. Um, you 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 have to take enough action to go through them to be able to get your first one that's working.